Good evening! It is October 2012, and this is Colby for the Aristogamer Podcast. I am joined today by Casey and Ben. What up? I wish to make an announcement. If yes. my life right now was a tabletop role-playing game, it would be Podcaster the Drunkening. Oh, pretty good. Pretty good title, I would yes. say. I, it's a working title. <laughs> All right, so... Let's get into the well, the first piece of news that I'm pretty sure we're all excited about. Um, the announcement and release of some Borderlands 2 DLC. So, Yay! Necromancer got released early, because uh, why not? And yeah. there's going to be a whole bunch of expansions on it, uh, on, on Borderlands 2, just like there was for the first one uh, announced. And they may actually do a PlayStation Vita release. So, what do we think, guys? Fantastic. More and more and more. I'm probably okay with this. Uh, yeah, I like the Micromancer. It's a fun class. Uh, you know, I, I, I definitely have been enjoying that. It's, it's a little weird picking that up because normally everybody's, everybody's so high level. It's, it's kind of got the level one, uh, curse. Uh, if you, uh, the, the way that I kind of likened it in my own mind was in Final Fantasy Tactics, when you get Cloud, oh, hey, you get Cloud, that's awesome, but everybody's level 30 or 40, and he's level 1, and now you have to try to work him up. You know, it, it, yeah. It, eh, yeah. It wasn't exactly great. I wish they would have offered something where you could start her in true Vault Hunter mode, and maybe they had her at 30 um, with all the points that you could have done from there, but 30 was like you had to have beaten the game originally and then started her as a character, and then they went from there. And that, I think, would have been a little bit more reasonable rather than, okay, well, you may be in true Vault, uh, Vault Hunter mode, but now you have to go through the normal mode with her to bring her up. Yeah, oh, and they, yeah. Also, uh, they also announced, they just released today, I think, the new DLC pack, uh, Captain Scarlet and her Pirate's Booty, which is a hilarious name. And according to the uh, the poster that I'm looking at right now, she is pretty hot. Yeah, and it comes with the new level 50 raid boss, which... Every time I hear the the the, the vocabulary word raid in Borderlands 2, I have to take a double take because I associate raid with like MMOs, World of Warcraft in general, and so the idea of being able to like do a raid with your four, with four friends in Borderlands 2 is is interesting, and I need to start doing that. Agreed. I, I will state that one of the other things that uh, um, wow, I just lost my train of thought. Stop drinking. <laughs> no, I, it's not that. I had like a really valid point, and now I don't know. Oh, yes, I found something as I was looking on Craigslist, and I promise you this has a lot to do with this. But uh, apparently, somebody on Craigslist in Dallas is selling Randy Pitchford's seventy-inch, seven thousand-dollar TV. Uh, so if you want a little bit, uh, a little bit of Gearbox CEO um, swag merchandise, if you will, swag works too. Uh, just was kind of funny to search Gearbox software randomly in Craigslist and see somebody selling Randy Pitchford's TV. That's pretty sweet. Why is he not selling his TV? Yeah. Uh, my guess is he gave it to somebody, and then they're just like, well, we don't want it, so we're going to sell it. I don't know. This is too big. Maybe it is him. That would be kind of cool to just show up at his house and be like, look, uh, I don't want to buy the TV. I just want to look at it and, <laughs> and kind of wander around and see what else is in the master's house. <laughs> I don't want to buy the TV or anything. I just want to look at you. Can I just <laughs> stare? Um, oh, I'm sure he'd, he'd appreciate it. You can go bake eggs, and I can just stare. It's okay. <laughs> he seems like a pretty cool dude. Yeah. So, I mean, and so Borderlands is a game that, um, for me, 
has been the re- a really good example of what good DLC should be. Um, it did the same yeah. sort of thing as Fallout 3 without being really relevant about it. Um, Fallout 3, whenever all of the... Uh, Whenever all of the titles came out that were uh, all the releases afterward, God, I can't remember any of the titles. Whenever they published a whole bunch of DLC, I think there were three of them. Um, I, I really didn't care anymore, but I think their release for Borderlands, all the releases were rather timely. They added way more content than people were expecting, and I think they're doing the same thing with Borderlands too. I think this hits right at the right at the peak where people are starting to be like, "Well, I've beaten True Vault Hunter mode." You know, and some of my friends are starting to to not play anymore. I think I'm probably gonna stop playing Borderlands 2, but oh wait, now there's this new DLC. Excuse me, now there's this new DLC and I can go do raid bosses and yeah, I think I think they're adding on to the content quite a bit, so I, I think kudos to Gearbox yeah. for actually picking a good time to release this. And in the same oh, yeah. announcement where they talked about it coming to the Vita, uh, apparently all came <laughs> from this one giant uh, interview with Randy. Uh, he also mentioned that there's going to be more, possibly more DLC past the original like four releases by June. Like I think they'd like had a, a, a like either contract or a plan to release like four separate story DLCs um, in, in a time span between now and June. And then he kind of talked about how there's probably, possibly, maybe we're going to get more of that. Maybe like another character. Uh, or another story, which would be great. I mean, the, the more the merrier. And the, I think that with the general idea of like raid bosses and true vaults mode happening with a bunch of level fifty characters, they can they can actually release high end, uh, you know, level content to keep people playing. Just as like when you say, oh, well, I just finished this DLC. You know, I've done through Vault Hunter mode. I don't really feel like playing anymore. And they say, oh, look, here's another raid boss. Here's another, you know. A uh, couple. There's another full story that is just as good as like you know the original DLC was and the story was. Go nuts. And I, I also think that it was really smart of them to implement the season pass system. Uh, I mean, for for games like Call of Duty, I don't think it makes a lot of sense because there's what two map packs that come out, so why not just buy them? You don't really get that many other perks. But for a game like Borderlands, where they're doing you know, for at least for DLC add-ons, no you know, I think armor. I think the season pass makes sense. No horse armor. <laughs> exactly. So I yeah, I think season pass makes sense, and I think they did it very well for for Borderlands, especially. I mean, because originally I was like, eh, season pass. I really don't like the idea of it. Like, you know, I'm gonna pay for more updates, and I don't know if I want the DLC, I'll just pay for it. But I mean, this this seems like a pretty good idea now. Oh, and so one of the topics that we wrote down that we were supposed to talk about today was the new potential Valve IP, um, Stars of Barathum? Barathroom? Um, Apparently Squaresoft named the game. I, I, yeah. that's, that's my guess. So I, I'm looking at the concept art and everything. Uh, the original forum where a lot of this news came out and a lot of this news was broken, um, the original forum was Face Punch, and I took a look at the forum and the original post has since been modified um, because apparently like it was it was a hoax most of their information so the screenshots are real the demo reel was real uh, the moniker the moniker of uh, sob is real and the fact that there are um, space things inside dota 2 is real but none of the things that came after that are real. None of the, you know, Stars of Barathrum, like, that's not even the title. It's it's still SOB. Don't know what it means. Um, 
So a lot of that information is uh, is false, not not true. It's been debunked. So and there are still there's even a wiki dedicated to it now, and the wiki hasn't been updated. So I don't I don't know I don't know what they expect us to do. What are you doing to me, Face Punch? I don't uh, I don't know how I feel about Steam or Valve making this game because I don't really know anything about it, and since it feels kind of weird. So I'm like, oh, there's this game that's coming out. Okay. I don't know what I'm going to do about it yet. See, anytime I hear Valve as a game coming out, I'm like, is it Half-Life 3? No. <laughs> don't care. I <laughs> don't care anymore. I think that's how a lot of people have gotten, actually. Um, and as, as funny as it is to be like, oh, well, Valve just can't count to three. They literally can't count to three. Nope. They can't do it. Like, what, no, Half-Life no, 2 episode, episode three, like... They, I, I think they've already stated that they don't plan on doing another Portal for a long time. They they want to make yep. Portal 2 be where it's at, because, like, there's nothing else for us to do. Well, you came up with a reason to go back in Portal 2. There shouldn't be a problem to come up with a reason to go back I in, mean, for a Portal 3. Exactly. I don't, I don't know what they're... Like, what, are you, what are you doing? You know, like there's, there's Left for Dead three. I mean, you could come up with a Left for Dead three immediately. Just come up with four new characters, put in a couple new weapons, uh, four or five new stages. Boom, done. New game. Um, but they haven't done that, and they haven't done Half Life Episode three, and that still has tons of story to go into. I mean, they left off on a cliffhanger. So uh, why, 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 Valve? Why you do this to me? <laughs> It hurts. It's like a, it's like a, an abusive relationship. It just, you could keep going back, man. Yeah. Well, but. let's see. There's also a bunch of Halo 4 and Call of Duty and Assassin's Creed trailers that came out and gameplay videos and stuff. Hey, we, make... could, we could talk about Obsidian and the age of Kickstarter for video games. You see yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm actually pretty excited. So, um, the game that Obsidian is making is not really up my alley. It's not the kind of game that uh, I think I would enjoy playing, but I really support the idea. So, go Obsidian. Yeah. Well, wait, what, what were they? So they're they're doing crowdfunding, like Double Fine, right? No, no. Yep. Double Fine is wait. I thought Double Fine did its own game, and then Obsidian is doing uh, Project Eternity. Is that what okay? It? Yeah, yeah. 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 Double yeah. Fine was doing their own game, but they raised. Uh, yeah, I'm reading this right. Uh, 3.3 million, and that was originally yeah. uh, the record for a video game on Kickstarter. And uh, right. Project Eternity is now getting 4 million. Um, nice. So, oh, I mean, for for all this in mind, uh, we're. I think I said it at one other one. Yeah, we're uh, one of the other podcasts. We're at a point where big name producers are becoming less and less necessary. These companies are going directly to their fans and going. Look, I'd rather sell you this game for ten bucks, and we get all ten bucks, and not have to worry about the cut for producers and publishers and promotions and marketing and advertisement and this and that. Where you know, uh, it's the same thing with the music industry. These performers, the only way that you could really make it big was going through a record label, and you would maybe get. Three cents for every dollar in sales that you made, and now these guys are doing amazing. Uh, was it uh, Carmageddon is getting a return? Yeah, Kickstarter. I'm yeah. I'm excited about that one. So, 
Uh, yeah. You know, it's it's good to see that Kickstarter is really uh, one of the main things where I, I've funded at least two dozen games on Kickstarter that I'm I'm psyched about. I mean, the the one that I think is supposed to be coming out soon. There's a, a steampunk MMO game that you command an airship and you can shoot down other airships, and it, it looks. Wait really a hard. second, are you talking about Guns of Icarus Online? Yes. Yeah, I funded that too. <laughs> I wish I had. No, I'm real excited about that. Play that. But yeah, no, I think I think that uh it, that might be an interesting uh kind of paradigm shift, I guess. Sounds kind of grandiose, but it could be true in the next couple of years as uh you know, we talked about before how companies, especially like publishing companies are trying to do their best to make more bang for their buck, release more DLC uh not necessarily in a good way and put more content out there and charge more money for it. Map packs and story story packs and all this other stuff. And Maybe it'd be an interesting uh, change with like Borderlands, like something like Borderlands Two DLC next June. You know, with the season pass, we just get it. You know, we pay, we pay Border, we pay uh, a Gearbox, and just we get the DLC. Or we pay, you know, we pay uh, Bioware for the whatever Mass Effect game they have next, and we just get it instead of them having to go through and put EA on the label, and they have to pay EA out of pocket, or, or they have to get they have to get it, or EA has to get a percentage of the profits that. You know, for every game that they make, I mean, imagine if EA, if Bioware got every single uh, cent of every single purchase of um, the next Mass Effect game. Well, and I mean, the, so the best thing about it is how much this the, like this system cuts out. Um, it does it does shift um, the paradigm as far as selling games goes, um, because now right. you're getting you're getting your profits at the very beginning, and then you're working you know off of those profits, um, and presumably you're going to have a far, far, far less return once the game is actually released, which is fine uh, if that's what you're into. But, um, you know, you cut out the publisher because you're doing it yourself. Um, you, you know, so whenever you cut out the publisher, that means that you cut out, you know, the people who are going to be handling doing box art and, or I guess not box art, but uh, doing the actual um, boxing of the game and putting it on shelves and distributing physical copies and demos and all that. So, I mean, you're cutting out, people that sort of facilitate uh the release of the game which is okay as long as you're willing to take on uh you know the the task of doing that yourself and i think most of these companies are i mean i think back you know maybe dreamcast days it was probably a lot harder to get something done like that you needed these people to do that but now everything has been moving to digital distribution um you know there's psn xbla the wii u market basically every single platform be it pc or console has a digital marketplace so you don't need physical copies anymore you don't need people to create just a whole bunch of packaging so Mm -hmm. that's gone uh you don't have to pay for shelf space all you have to do is pay for the development cost and whatever it costs to list the game and you've also got a great opportunity to reward fans for for investing early by giving them these rewards like if if you go through kickstarter you can give them okay you're going to get the first you know three dlc packs free or you're going to get this this and this and you can still sell the game still make money after its release but you know giving them these kind of rewards i think it's much a much better step than say pre-order bonuses because they're, the the value you get out of it's not arbitrary. You know, if I I pre-ordered at a hundred dollar value for um, the hundred dollar mark for Double Fine Adventure, and I got a poster, I got a T-shirt, I got access to a beta to the forums, and a bunch of other stuff. And you know, when when you know uh, any other company can do that, when Obsidian can sit there and say, if you invest 
X amount of money and you get access to our our special, you know, developer only forums or you get, you know, the special great box art. You know, those kind of things are going to be actually what gamers want, not just, you know, okay, the next map pack or this random, you know, skin on a, on a character. And I don't think it's even just that, though. I mean, because companies like Squaresoft are also... Like, Squaresoft has now said that they're going to be putting a Final Fantasy and they're going to be porting a Final Fantasy game over to Ouya. I mean, that's a completely indie console. Ooh, yeah. Whoa. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's great to see... Not just that these new games and these big companies are doing that, but you're seeing the return of so many great games and great companies. Um, I, I think one of the uh, the games that um, I believe may be hitting Kickstarter soon, and I hope to God it does, is Freelancer, which I don't know if either of you have played it, but Freelancer nope. was one of the greatest space exploration games I have ever played it's it's so open and so unique in every single gameplay and it's it's phenomenal i mean you're you're a single starfighter well i shouldn't say starfighter but you're a single pilot that's uh going out and um uh, doing uh, you you do all these missions and you're trying to figure out your backstory and i'm not going to get into it because if you haven't played it i'm not going to give away anything but uh Jesus Christ, just wow. Yeah, um, Free Space, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Freelancer is just one of those games that I played the hell out of. And then I believe the company that made it just kind of died. It was gone. Um, and the IPs tend to die with them. Well, now people are going, hey, look, we'll buy the IP from whatever publishing company owns it, and then we'll turn around and make it. And you're seeing the return of older games that are being respected and and uh, and really handled with care. And oh god, just such such amazing things to see. So I, I think we're gonna see a very big video game boom in the industry uh, with with a lot more um, people getting a lot more comfortable uh, with with third party systems and third party software and whatnot. Uh, you know, the, the iPhone and Android gaming applications have exploded in the market. Um, and, and sadly, I mean, like, I, I know we're going to talk about the Wii U and its release titles and I look at it and go, I'm not really like, this would have impressed me 10 years ago. And now I can look around and go, yeah, but I've got all this. And, you're not really catching my attention as much anymore. I agree. And so one of the coolest things um, for some fans is that um, like games that you never thought you would see made are being made. Uh, I know there's rumors now going around. There's somebody on Twitter that uh, is trying to round up the original team, uh, Banjo-Kazooie, and release a spiritual successor. Because, they, I mean, obviously Rareware has the rights. And Rareware is... Um, kind of has gone downhill quite a bit since Microsoft acquired them. Yeah, we don't uh, need to talk about, what is it, Banjo-Kazooie Nuts and Bolts? or Yeah. Uh, nuts and Bolts, let's build some cars and drive around. Do, do, do. This is Banjo-Kazooie, but it's not. Yeah, so they're trying to come out with a <laughs> spiritual successor. And it seems like a good idea. A lot of people are following on Twitter. A lot of people are supporting it. And they're like, yeah, I don't know. If there's enough interest, we're going to start a Kickstarter, I guess. So, I mean... I think I think 
just the fact that you can put these devs together and they can be like, this is what we really wanted to do, but we couldn't do because of, you know, these limitations. And now we can, because we know that people want to do that. I mean, it's just like whenever Tim Schafer was like, I really want to make another adventure game, but nobody would finance it. Nobody would buy it. So, I mean, I I think it's good because now it's, you know, it's no longer the publisher is telling you, is trying to read our minds and be like, oh, this is what you want to buy. This is what you have to buy. (laughs) Uh, is it Call of Duty? Uh, is it Call of Duty? No. Does it look like Call of Duty? No, it's a it's a completely different game. Can you call it Call of Duty? No. Get out. <laughs> Leave. Can we I don't want to hear it? it. Can we market it with a premium package that we make people pay 15 bucks a month for useless things? No. Out. Get out. How are we going to make money? Leave. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, so uh, yeah, I think Kickstarter is is doing a lot of really good things for the industry right now, and it's going to be putting a lot of pressure on the bigger name uh, companies because not only does it show you know, hey, fans, you can choose the games that you want, and they don't have to be put out by a big publisher, but at the same time, there are indie titles and smaller games and smaller dev studios that are getting really, really popular and that are getting a lot of revenue, and so they have to take a look at themselves and be like, okay. Where are we going wrong in that we're spending, you know, $30 million on this game and we're getting a return of 10 mil? So, I mean, wh- where are we going wrong? I think I think instead of being like, oh, the gamers are just too stupid or our marketing team wasn't good enough or, you know, we just should have make it, made it more like Assassin's Creed or more like Call of Duty. I think instead of doing that, there's evidence to say, no, you can have an original idea and have it be good and have people buy it. It just has to be good, and you have to trim your own fat. I think we're getting to a point where the, that kind of um, line of thought is actually becoming is being listened to, because you could tell before that people would say that, and you know, big publishers that would produce other games wouldn't care. They'd be like, "No, we're going to make what what we know is going to make us money." And I think now we're starting to come come out of this like I don't know cold, uh, you know. Uh, ice age of like call of duties and halos and stuff and you're starting to see more uh, a much more investment into possibly riskier titles or the ability to do so by bigger companies i mean you look at obsidian investing with kickstarter into project eternity uh, or valve making sob no clue what that literally could be it's kind of games like those that may be interested in seeing what's going to come out after that i agree i mean i I don't know. This is going to be a really good time, I think, for all of us. So, you know, I I can't wait to go to um to E3 soon, hopefully. Hopefully yeah. this year we're going to be able to go to E3. Um, yeah. I really want to go, but as much as I want to go, I, I want to see what the next big conference for, like, indie developers is going to be. Because I know PAX is filling, is filling a lot of that need now. Um, and there are some arcades here and there that show up that are sort of part of other places and eh, we're kind of the south by southwest thing and eh, we're kind of part of fun 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 fest eh. but i think there's going to be there's going to have to be a place that's going to allow smaller companies with lesser budget to show off what they have and i think that need is going to be filled so i'm excited to see the entire it's not going to revolutionize the entire industry because big companies are going to catch on they're going to continue making money small companies are you know they're going to do whatever small companies do, but 
you know, still, I think I think this is going to bring about at least an interesting change soon. Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. So looks like uh, next month. I have my pre-order. Uh, I know not very many other people do, but I do. I'm going to do one of those dumb YouTube unboxing videos and be like, man, look at me play uh, Scrollnauts, because that's what I'm going to do. Uh, <laughs> Wii U is coming out November 17th, I believe. I will be sitting and getting my uh, black Wii U at GameStop, I guess at midnight. So uh, the release titles that are coming out, are as are as follows: Assassin's Creed Three, Batman: Arkham City, Armored Edition, uh, Call of Duty, Black Ops Two, Darksiders Two, Disney Epic Mickey Two, The Power of Two, EA Sports, FIFA Soccer Thirteen, ESPN Sports Connection, Game Party Champions, Just Dance Four, New Super Mario Brothers U, Ninja Gaiden Three, Razor's Edge, Nintendo Land, Rabbids Land, Rabbids Land, Gross, uh, Scribble Knots Unlimited, Sing Party, Skylanders Giants, Sonic and All Stars Racing Transformed. Haven't we said that we don't want that game? Like, does that <laughs> does that actually sell? Tekken Tag Tournament Two Wii U Edition, Transformers Prime, Your Shape, Fitness Evolved Twenty Thirteen, Warriors Orochi Three Hyper, and Wipe Out the Game Three. Lots of shove- shovelware. I, I oh, and Zombie play. U. That would be interesting to play. But so, like I, like I said before. Yeah, if this was 10 years ago i'd have been like ah okay that's okay yeah that's cool now i'm just like really really got no i i don't i sadly the only reason that i could really see myself getting excited about this is i know one of the first things that modders and hackers are going to do with this is they're going to make it where it can play uh ds or 3ds games and you can use the handheld one to play the bottom screen and your TV's the top screen. And I think yeah. that would be an awesome different way of playing DS games. But beyond that, this is just, you know, they've, they've went out of their way to try to make something different and in doing so have alienated themselves. And they're going to get a lot of big name games at the start, like they did with the Wii. Um, and then it's just going to kind of disappear. You know, you're going to see a lot of people go, well, that was a fun ride. Uh, I'm going to go back to the normal consoles that are actually, you know, doing decent business and uh, are easier to produce for. So. See, I th- I think that if, I think that they should have put Pikmin as their launch, Pikmin 3 is one of their launch titles. If they did, I, w- I, I would be worth, I would invest in it because I, Pikmin I don't 3 get... is a game. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Um, I was just saying Pikmin 3 is, it's not necessarily a, like a hardcore title, you know, air quotes everywhere, but it's definitely a game that a lot of people liked on the GameCube and is would be, you know, one of those worth, you know, like a Zelda game, worth buying the system to play. I'm surprised they haven't actually taken the time to go, we're going to release Smash Brothers as a starter. Because I guarantee if, yep. they, if they launch Smash Brothers of any sort as a, a launch title game, that system would sell even more. You would have such... Yep strong sales and instead they they wait until uh what uh the Wii came out uh at least a year or close to a year before the next smash brothers game came out yep and see the what? case in the case of the Wii though is that in the middle of that there were people were playing twilight princess and they're you know figuring out how to play Wii sports and stuff so they had they had the gimmick to tie them over when the then the quality you know awesome game came out. Now people are just waiting for you know what game am I gonna buy to make this system worth it? And I, I see 
maybe three or four games that I would buy on sale, like Ninja Gaiden or Tekken Tag Tournament 2 Wii U Edition or Assassin's Creed. I wouldn't, not Assassin's Creed 3, but maybe Batman Arkham City Armored Edition. Those games I would buy on sale, you know, for $30, $40. I wouldn't buy those firsthand when I get the Wii U. Pikmin Pikmin 3, Smash Brothers game, sure. But Scriminauts Unlimited, maybe, but not, but everything else, nah. Yeah, I mean, the only game that I'm actually excited about is Scribblenauts. Um, I'm, it's coming bundled with Nintendo Land, which I guess is going to be like, you know, the the Wii Sports. But the the strange thing is that I thought the same thing about um, about the Wii that I thought at the end of the GameCube's life, which was like right whenever it first came out, I was like, man, it's really sad that you know this is going to be trying something different and nobody's going to buy it and then everybody bought it and i was like okay well this is kind of cool um well everybody bought it but that's like saying well everybody bought tickets to go see the transformers movie therefore it was a great movie you know true i even bought a wii on release day and i have a wii right now that i probably haven't used as anything other than a media center in a couple months like that and hacking smash brothers are the only two things that i think i do with it anymore um i i definitely could not see uh you know if you're if you're one of the modern gamers you at least own two consoles many many people do they they don't just own one and stick with that anymore you you have uh two if not three plus handhelds plus everything like that I've got the Wii PS3 and a 360, and I would rather play Arkham City on a PS3. I would rather play Assassin's Creed 3 on a PS3. Uh, I would rather play Bayonetta on a console that's not the Wii U. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I just I look at these things, and even Call of Duty and all these games, okay, yeah, they're throwing out a little bit of a gimmick, but it, it it's not enough to really get me excited on its own and then even less when i compare it to why don't i just buy this for this other system if i'm gonna spend the money on it i just rather buy something that's straightforward not something that's uh heavily gimmicked up yeah well it is worth noting that uh you can get the xbox 360 controller for the wii u because that's basically what it is yeah it, oh it's exactly what that is and so I guess that kind of helps alleviate the fact that, okay, yeah, you have the gimmick, but it's still trying to be a console that everybody's going to use, like the PS3 or like the 360. But I think that it, it sends the mixed message, and and Nintendo couldn't make up their mind, because I think after the Wii U sales started dropping, and they're focusing, or the Wii sales started dropping, and they're focusing on the Wii U, they're like, we need to do something revolutionary. But you have, but I think at the same time they had marketing people tell you you need to make a a console that anybody can pick up and play, like the rest of the consoles out there. And so they had to like be a jack of all trades, or like this this touchscreen's revolutionary and it's great and it's also gimmicky. Yeah, but, but then but we then also somebody, have stuff. Yeah, the person that was like, you need a console that you can pick up and play. Shigeru Miyamoto was just like, a console you can pick up? Oh, 
handheld tablet. <laughs> it's like, no, 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 no. That's not what we mean. We mean simplicity. <laughs> we we don't mean like you actually hold something because, yeah, that's what we need to do. We need to give people that have ADD two screens to try to focus on that may be completely different, to, you know, in, in the way that you're viewing them. It's it's. Yeah, uh, it's ridiculous that they went that route. I'm I'm not really excited about it as much, and uh, neither am I. Um, the only thing I'm actually excited about is the TV service. I think that's a pretty neat idea, um, and yeah, I don't I've already, already got, have. I've already got a TV. I've already got cable. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I mean, what it does is it, you know, it consolidates all of your TV stuff, so it connects to you know Hulu and uh, what is it. Amazon Instant Prime and Netflix, Netflix. and TV and your D- and your uh, DVR and it searches through all of those for potential shows that you want to watch. So I mean, you can do instead of, instead of looking on Netflix to see what episodes of Community there are, you can just look for Community and then browse um, through all the different mediums that you can watch Community on, which I think is cool. Um, it sounds cool if the if the user interface is organized and and is seamless enough. Like if if it's cluttered with a with, with a lot of like sectioning off of like okay this is on here this is on here and you can't and it's hard for to to kind of figure out where you can or should go. Like giving people too many options, then people just aren't going to use it. They'll just go back to their Wii or their 360 and just go okay Hulu app go. Well, because... I mean, I, so they have video of it running. And, uh, I mean, it looks pretty simple. It looks like the UI is pretty good. I mean, that's, that's, it's really sad that I'm saying that that's the thing that I'm the most excited about. Um, I'm excited about buying this game console so that I can look for shows and not have to open up too many applications like that. Uh, yeah. that's sad. Um, yeah. and it's, I think it's just going to be embarrassing whenever it comes out and Nintendo's like, yeah, we're the best. We're, you know, we've got this. We've got this whole thing. This is our new thing. The next generation is going to be all about this. And then next year or the year after, I'm hoping next year, um, Sony and Microsoft are just like, hey, by the way, just wanted to let you know, uh, we're bringing out a new console. It supports, you know, 10 times the amount of polygons. You got 4K resolution. Same great controllers with the same, you know, good feel and everything, but they add in, I don't know, like, I, I have no idea what they would add in, but still. extra I, buttons. Yeah, with, with 15 extra buttons on the back and a cord that is actually a button in and of itself uh, that you whip <laughs> around. I wouldn't surprise me if the next generation controllers uh, actually incorporate accelerometers and gyro sensors. Ooh, uh, yeah, that I I kind of see that as a as a natural evolution where you incorporate more uh, of of you moving the controller itself as 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 uh, not not necessarily as gimmicks in the beginning, but then developers are going to get their hands on it just like um, they did with the control the, they did with the PS3. Where a couple years down the road, they're going to have games that really u- utilize the, like an accelerometer in your hand, being able to you know move a scope. You know, or like, like say, like you're scoping, and then you're not necessarily on the mark yet. You can slightly tilt your controller or move it just a little bit to get you know that that heavier, that higher accuracy. Now, Casey, I, I hate to I hate to burst your bubble here, buddy, but you know, there's such a thing as the six-axis controller that has oh, that. Oh, 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 shit! Yeah, thanks. Yeah. I wanted to taste vomit in my mouth. <laughs> That's appreciated. Yes, hey, it works. I mean, on every game. 
DualShock 3, 6-axis, they both work. There's no there's no problem with it. On it's just what? the developers didn't on, use it. On what? <laughs> exactly they, what games I mean, they, I, they technologically work. You can take a look at the accelerometers and see, oh, it is moving. It is accurate. Yes. It works. But yes. game developers just didn't do anything with it. Like the game Lair came out. I played that. I own it, unfortunately. Um, I played that, and it's it's bleh. Uh, and there's not really very many things that did motion well with the with the um, PS3 controller. The Wii has the exact same thing, has accelerometers in it, and it did it, you know, a little bit better. Uh, there are some games that I think do motion well on the Wii, but it seems like nobody has actually figured out how to do it and have it intuitive and to make it an enjoyable experience, you know, more than you know, a, a silly party game or, or, or whatever. I mean, like yeah, for, true. for something like, uh, for something like Wii sports completely suited for that, for something like, you know, Assassin's Creed. No, no. I just, the, the typical games that, that gamers buy, I think that hardcore gamers buy don't lend themselves well to motion controls. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think that, I think I said that in 2008, I was like, man, can you can you wait until like, you know, the developers, you know, the system just came out. Developers just got their hands on it. You know, they're going to figure out this accelerometer stuff and it's going to be great. It's 2012 now. They've had a long time to figure it out. And it's just it's just not worth it. Well, OK, what do you think is going to be? Say say hypothetically they do release next year. Are they then are they announce their consoles that they're going to be released? I mean, both Sony and Microsoft is going to have to have a pitch. They're going to have something that they're going to show off to everybody. That's going to be a, a, you know, a one one sentence thing that they're going to show off. That's going to make their console unique. And I'm trying to. F- I wonder what that's going to be for for Sony and Microsoft. If I had to guess, um, I'm going to say either they're going to push that they have better graphics and higher resolution because I'm. I can almost guarantee you they're going to go for 4K resolution. TVs are coming out with 4K oh, resolution. Yeah. I mean, that's duh. Um, but I think what they're going to push more is better body tracking. Um, so I think, I think like uh, the Kinect for Microsoft, I think it's probably going to come bundled with the new console. It's going to yeah. be part of the experience. It's going to be able to detect your body better, see depth, see people more, be able to track them better. And I think Microsoft, or I think, uh, I think Microsoft is going to have the best solution for that. And Sony is going to have something that's equivalent, but kind of derp. So, if I had to guess, I'm going to guess they're probably going to do the exact same thing, um, but that Sony's going to execute it less well. Because I, I can't, I mean, if you would have asked me, you know, 2005, hey, what do you think the next uh, the next Nintendo console is going to do? I would say, uh, I don't know, better graphics, the end. I, I, I honestly, I couldn't, I couldn't think motion controls doing, you know, 3D actions and all that. I just didn't, I, I don't know, I just didn't visualize that. I, so I don't. I don't know what kind of sensors or technologies we can have other than maybe, you know, temperature sensors, temperature sensors, sensors, <laughs> sensors in your controller, you know, <laughs> detecting or, or heartbeat monitors like uh, like Nintendo wanted to come out with to detect, you know, how uh, how pumped you are or, you know, adrenaline or whatever and give you power ups based off of that. So, you know, they're what? probably I, I know what the next step is. I know where the next place that video gaming needs to go is going to be. Do where? Tell. My bathroom? Augment, augmented reality. Yeah. Because I think the moment that they realize that augmented reality 
can be something that truly brings the 3D gaming idea to life, I, I think that if they can, like, if, if Microsoft and, uh, I don't know if Microsoft and Google will ever work together, but if Microsoft uh, can, can pull off something like the Google Glasses and can make that work with whatever is on the TV, you know, you have all these AR codes and things like that, and it completely changes it to what it visualizes. Or even something where, you know, you can have, you have to have maybe something separate that's on top, but it would utilize and show, okay, this is the area that you're around. You know, you could, could you imagine a fighting game where it says, you take these QR codes, you print them out, or uh, AR codes or whatever, print them out, put them on the different things, and you can literally build a fighting stage out of whatever the hell you wanted to. Like, if you had your kitchen, you could put, uh, you could, it, it would recognize depth and it would recognize everything like that. And then it would augment uh, into that fighting stage the characters. I mean, you, you could see so much that would happen with that. I think it would really bring 3D gaming to life without it being, you know, the 3D that hurts your eyes if you look at it for too long. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, Im imagine if they could do that with uh, RPGs. Where oh, they yeah. could they could place items around your your area like they use the connect as kind of like an area scanner like they see your living room and they and you know you can you can make the motion of like kneeling down to pick up an item below you and the, and these weapons can be things that you may not necessarily see but they're there that you can kind of imagine just like you know playing uh you know any any kind of other ARG where you're picking up items and stuff and and playing around with them also Dungeons and Dragons you. Yeah, uh, meh. Yeah. No, Penny Arcade made made this comic a, a joke about it, where um, they were he they were talk the the first three panels were like the three dudes sitting there with the Wiimotes and the dungeon master holds the uh, the tablet and he controls all the information, and you know the tablets where you see all of the DM stuff and I'm like wow that is actually genius absolutely genius if you could have uh, that kind of like the, the, the you know they pushed asymmetrical gameplay with the Wii U i'm like that is the epitome of asymmetrical gameplay of three dudes three or four people with Wii modes sitting down playing a game and one dude sitting in the corner knowing everything that you don't yeah but see you know what would have been even more cool if the uh you know the Wii U would have supported more than just one, one. well it supports two it does well it can but, but even then they're just like they haven't really said anything more than, well, technically you can do two. Like, if they would have actually put more power into it, I, I guarantee if, if they would have put the level of a PS3's power into this, they could have done four with ease. I, I don't see yeah. that being a big issue. And most Nintendo games don't need heavy amounts of graphics. But could you imagine something where it's like, uh, you know, again, Borderlands 2, let's take that into consideration. On the screen, you can see what quest is currently up, a map of the area, uh, you know, health icons and bars for everybody, and then you're playing your game on your screen. And yeah. you're moving around and doing what you need to do, so I, I, I think that would be an uh, absolutely astonishing way for them to do it. But then they went, no, you can only really have one. And it was like, well, okay, what about the rest? Well, they're using you know Wiimotes, and see, okay. I think I think that was oh. a really I think that was a really wrong bad decision on Nintendo's part. If they wanted to keep continuity with the Wii, I understand, but it's going to confuse the heck out of people who walk in 
post-launch and want to pick up the Wii, the Wii U, but the, they'll tell them, oh, you can use your Wiimotes. They're like, it, 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 it won't... It, it, I don't. It doesn't make sense to me when you can use Wiimotes on a so it was supposed to be a next generation console, like, you know, you could use your GameCube controllers on the Wii because it played GameCube games, and the Wii U is backwards compatible with the Wii, which is fine, but, you know, you couldn't use Xbox controllers on the Xbox 360 and PS2 controllers on the PS3. It was it was it's kind of one of those things where it's like you can use you know peripherals like the balance board and the Wii Motion Plus and the nunchuck for the Wii U, then then what's the point of buying the, you know, the Wii U when you just buy the console and buy the screen? You know, is it gonna, it's going to make people not want to invest in the whole bundle. Yeah, I mean, so for one, for your Dungeons & Dragons idea, I don't think that would be a good idea, because, I mean, you can't... I think the they've tried that doing that with the PC... And yeah. it doesn't it doesn't work as well. Yeah, um, I was just kind of in a pipe dream there. Oh, doing hey, there's that vomit taste in my mouth again. It's true. Uh, doing augmented reality is a really interesting way to go with this. Um, the only thing that would need to happen there is to make home consoles is is to blur the line and combine home consoles and portable consoles because um, I think if you're uh, if you're playing on your TV screen. If you're doing true augmented reality, there's no point in having a TV anymore. So, and it's fine if, you know, if that's what you want to do. But that means that you have to have information input from something that you're carrying on your person, which is, you know, a portable device. With um, the 3DS, it has the technology to be able to determine depth. So, I don't understand why uh, an idea like you described, Ben, isn't already out. I mean, it seems, um, you know, you could have... Uh, the only thing I think that would be a problem is shaking the camera around because if you just took a picture from the two 3D images, you can easily determine depth, uh, how tall something is, how deep something is. It's, it's not that hard to build. Um, so, I mean, I don't know why that's not a thing. It seems like it really should be. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think I agree. Do, going AR is is one of the technologies that I think could work. The only other ones that I can think of are gamifying life by, you know, doing sensors and having something on you at all times. Um, something like the Pokemon pedometer, um, you know, so you bring something from your home console with you and it records and collects data from whatever you're doing and it reflects that data in a, on your console whatever that may be be it an implementation of you know uh like the, the pedometer thing or you know it, it just it measures i don't know how many times you how much sunlight it gets or whatever um you know may, maybe that's a thing that can happen but i, I think they're going to probably stick with known working still kind of revolutionary technology and in that uh you know they can track your body uh and they can do it better so there you go yeah that's what i think anyway i mean obviously this is all speculation we all don't work for game companies uh and we all have no idea but i think i mean I, I think I think that all of our speculations are are good, and I'm sure that they've had meetings like this at Sony and at Nintendo and at Microsoft. And I don't know. I'm I'm interested to see how things are going to go because PC gaming also hasn't changed that much. Valve is trying to change that now. Um, I mean, what with them hiring a, a hardware engineer and saying that they want to put out hardware because mm. I mean we've basically had the same. Uh, we've had the same keyboard and mouse input for PC games forever. I mean, 
there's got to well, be no, something. No, no. I, I will argue against that because we've also had things like the was it the Socrates uh, or the Aristotle? I don't remember. It's some philosopher. The the uh, input commands that you have, uh, like the 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 gamer input. Oh yeah, things. I used to have um, one of those. Yeah, I mean those work great. We have things like. Uh, I mean, the gamer mice have really advanced. You I mean, play an FPS game on anything that's not a keyboard and mouse, and anybody that is playing with a keyboard and mouse will kick your ass every day of the week. Um, I, there's there's so many other things that we've seen that have came out. Like we've had joysticks, we've had racing wheels. I mean, I I even play a lot of my games on uh, game pads, but I I think that. There's so many of these things that already exist that there's really no way for it to go without it once again going the Nintendo route of, well, this is really gimmicky, and and you go back to what you know, what you love. I mean, it, it's pretty refined as it is, and and gaming has worked its way up to a point where people are comfortable and not for just the lack of any additional things that exist out there. Well... I wonder because I remember back when the DS first came out, and we a lot of the conversation was pretty similar. Of okay, two screens, haha, it's pretty gimmicky. To because a lot of people were like, okay, all you're gonna do is put the map at the top screen or the bottom screen and play your game, whatever. And then now it is, you know, the DS is kind of like the staple of portable gaming next to the PSP because it's what you want to play it on. Like, it's like, 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 like how, you know, a natural evolution from the Game Boy Advance to the, to the DS, how mice have evolved. I wonder if we're due for another, like, kind of next natural evolution that we haven't really expected. Three yet. screens! Oh, <laughs> dang! <laughs> but I mean, There's one above you, one below you, one to slightly to the left. I mean, I'm just saying that you know, if there's, what if there's another kind of natural evolution similar to that? Instead of instead of like, we're like, it's gonna come out and it's gonna look like a gimmick, like the Wii U, like the Wii Motes, but it actually is gonna be one of those things that you kind of naturally evolve into. Where three years from now, it's like, oh yeah, I don't understand why you'd ever not want to have this. You know, a second, a screen at your hands and in in front of you. I don't know, so something. I mean, yeah, I, I think I, I think that there's. Uh, sort of a stagnation in inputs um if only because a lot of us and a, a lot of gamers are like this is gonna be stupid i mean what do you think we're gonna do with accelerometers and gyroscopes it's just i don't understand um i i think it's part that and part you know go with the winning formula um but so i mean specifically with valve putting out hardware I think that's going to be interesting, and that's also going to cha- start to change the console space, maybe, because uh, there's been rumors for a while of the Steam Box, you know, the, you know a small PC that's only for gaming. Uh, now that they have Steam working for Linux, they could just do a, a Linux distro, a Steam Linux distro, plug it into a monitor, keyboard, mouse, or whatever input they decide to put out with it, be it a gamepad, because they also have the patent for game pads that have um swap outable inputs so imagine like a 360 controller but the uh the four buttons on the right you can switch out to be a third joystick or you can switch it out to be you know some sort of like uh touchpad whatever um so they're they're modularizing some of the game inputs so they have that uh there is the steam box rumor and now that they have big picture mode it's not hard at all to see them 
jumping into into consoles. Um, and I don't think it's hard to see them jumping into mobile games as well because they've got the Steam platform for phones. I don't understand why they can't. I mean, I I'm sure they can too. You just all you got to do is put games on it and you're done. So I mean, I think I think that Steam has captured the PC market well enough to where it's time to spread their wings a little bit and start getting into other things. Start getting into other things. I mean. God, the word is not things. Started getting into other platforms. Thank you, um, me. Thank you, me. Uh, so phones, um, you know, consoles. I, I think I think this is the way that things are going, and and hopefully that puts pressure on people like Microsoft and Sony and Nintendo to um, do some of the things that Steam is already doing. Have cloud saves for everything. Uh, be able to back up your data. Be able to have your save games accessed from anywhere. Um, having crazy deals that just show up all the time. I mean, it seems like it seems like something that should be putting pressure on game companies already, but it's not. So maybe if they make a console or at least if they make a peripheral input, you know, console manufacturers will start to pay attention to Valve even more. I agree. Side note, Steam Christmas sale is going to break my bank. Oh God. Yeah. I'm wondering what's going to be on it. I mean, what by that time there's going to be what Assassin's Assassin's Creed Three is going to be out, but by the time we had, they had the summer sale and there wasn't really any large titles on sale then. I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm excited Skyrim. about it, but I wonder what titles they're going to put up. Skyrim. Dark Souls. Dark Souls probably going or Dark Souls are probably going sale. True, and I guess probably Borderlands Two by then. Yeah. Um, plus a bunch of games that got released, but then kind of, kind of got overshadowed by the. Uh, developer programs and stuff that were advertised for a week and a half yeah um and steam Greenlight actually just came out i don't know if we've talked about that but basically steam is putting the uh putting the power in the fans hands and allowing them to vote on what games they want to see on steam instead of uh instead of steam you know approving and disapproving whatever games they want so now there's steam Greenlight. you can just go uh if you have the update for steam uh if you've got big picture mode enabled i think you can just go to the new community take a look at steam Greenlight. take a look at any of the games that you think you'd enjoy and vote for them kind of like reddit upvote whatever reddit didn't invent the uh the voting system but still yeah um, so yeah, I mean, Steam Big Picture and the the green light. I mean, Steam's moving in a lot of really good directions, uh, and I I'm, I don't know. I'm going to be really interested to see what Steam does as a platform coming up. What else? Uh, God, I know that there was one other thing that Steam was doing that was coming out soon. Oh no, it was Spy Party. Spy Party may be coming to Steam, but Spy Party just now got into beta. At least as far as I'm concerned, because I got an email that said, hey, do you want to be part of the Spy Party beta? And I said yes, and I paid them $15, and now I'm going to play it after this. Have you, uh, because I know, I know Ben has heard of it. Have you heard of it, Casey? Not really. Okay, so here's the concept. Uh, there's one spy and there's one sniper. Basically, uh, the spy has a mission to do in this party. Um, he has to go and, and do one of a few things. Um, and he has to accomplish his mission and then leave the party in that time. The sniper has to identify which one of the people at the party is the spy, excuse me, and shoot them only one shot. So if you waste your shot, the spy wins. If you shoot the spy, obviously the sniper wins. If you run, if, uh, if you run out of time and the spy hasn't completed all of his tasks, the sniper wins. 
Um, or if you complete all your tasks and you leave without being shot, the spy wins. So, I mean, there's a lot of subtlety and very, like, intenseness to it because you have to, uh, you know, there are characters that are acting in a certain way, kind of like whenever you're blending in Assassin's Creed, but, you know, amplify that by 15 million times, and suddenly you're like, oh, man, do I did I turn too fast? I better not stop walking. I gotta keep walking, keep going slow, get into this party of people. Okay, okay, not been shot yet. Okay, all right, I think I'm good. So... Yeah, I'm really excited about Spy Party. Um, it, that's another one of those games where it's like, hey, pay $15 to get into this beta and you'll get the uh, the end version free. I mean, the Homestuck Kickstarter did that. The Double Fine Adventure Kickstarter did that. I mean, most indie games, I think, are going that way. Hey, pay us 15 bucks. I mean, my, I think Minecraft started that off, though. Um, yep. Pay us 15 bucks, and we'll, uh, we'll allow you access to the beta and you get the free game. Uh. Speaking of Minecraft, have you guys been keeping up with uh, 0x10c? A little bit, no. yeah. It looks interesting. Yeah, I mean, so basically, not, like, so I read, I, I subscribe to Notch's Twitter and I read his tweets a lot. Um, from what he said, it's shaping up to be kind of like Minecraft in space, but with a lot of new mechanics and a lot of differences. Um, the graphics are looking a lot better, obviously, than Minecraft. Um, he's got really cool texture packs and everything, and he's like, oh, I just implemented UDP, so there's going to be multiplayer. Um, he's hoping to keep it away from Minecraft, so it's not just Minecraft in space, because, I mean, I'm sure you can make a mod to make Minecraft in space. Minecraft um, in space, I'm sold. Yeah, yeah, I mean, if he wanted to if he wanted to do a money grab, all he'd have to sell is Minecraft in space, or, yeah, I mean, yeah. So... I think I think that's a pretty good. Uh, I think I think it's going to be a good title. Notch is a good programmer. He's got good ideas. Um, you know, he's I don't know. He he's sort of the go-to guy now for indie game developers or for magazines looking to talk to indie game developers because he's had so much success and he's got so many opinions. And I don't know. It seems like it seems like he's got the sort of winning formula to do good things. So uh, definitely keep an eye on that. Also. Um, I know, Ben, that you were experimenting with a new Minecraft mod. Is it, uh, God, what is it again? Oh, I'm experimenting with a lot of them. Yeah, right now I'm trying to build from, from absolutely nothing that I'm doing myself other than just trying to get them to work. Uh, I'm attempting to build a Harvest Moon setup, and I've actually gotten it to a point that we're, we're pretty close to doing it. Uh, if it was single player and you're playing by yourself... Uh, you would be completely 100% able to play it right now. The big thing right now that I'm trying to do, though, is make it multiplayer and, and get it to a point where you know everybody's part of the community, everybody's doing things to build the community up. Um, and yeah, it, it's still cool to see that uh, that's, that's one of the greatest things to me with uh, some of these game companies is when they... Excuse me, when they support modding and, and whatnot, it gives you so much extra life to the game, and that's why... Oh, wow. Excuse me. Um, I, I love companies like Bethesda that open those doors and go, look, mod whatever the hell you want to. We are welcoming to it. And I kind of wish Gearbox did that because I think Borderlands would be a great game to see a lot of mods uh, implemented into. Um, but, uh, yeah, just screwing around with Minecraft, all those mods. I, I'm looking forward to see what uh, Notch comes up with for this uh, this new one here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as far so the, the the programming progress that he's made, he's got a gun. Uh, the gun fires, and there's space. <laughs> so Seems good. there you go. 
Uh, well, that'll about wrap it up for us. Uh, it is, uh, we've been on air for an hour or so. Uh, we will see you guys next month. This has been the Aristogamer podcast for October 2012, and we bid you a good month of good gaming. Whatever that boorish statement was. Ugh.